the return to the animistic way for me, return to the shamanic way for me, is a way to shift perspective to realize that it's not all about us. so excited to have the opportunity to sit down with Mimi Young today from Ceremony. I can't wait to get the chance to to talk to her about her work and all of the robust and beautiful things that she does. So Mimi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Emily, for having me. I've been super excited about today. Me too. I think we're going to we're going to move some some major energy here. So the first thing I would love to chat with you about, I'm really curious right now and something that I have been finding over the course of the last couple of months, especially, is that as somebody who does the kind of work that I do, and you know, I, I'm sure you can understand this, is that I'm having to find new ways to kind of support myself and uh, support my, my energy and my vitality and kind of adding new things into my daily practice just so I'm you know feeling my best and clearest and so on and so forth. And so I'm actually really curious to hear what does your like daily practice look like? What are the daily practices that you are really loving and that are supporting you in this time? So for my practice or my set of practices, it actually varies season to season. And I do walk with the the four solar seasons of spring and summer and fall and winter. But I also like to walk with the five seasons that are typically talked about in the esoteric practices of ancient Chinese. So I'm referencing specifically the Wuxing, and I'll spell it out. So it's W-U-X-I-N-G. That's how it's spelled out phonetically. So right now we're, we're entering into cusp between earth and metal season. And wood would be what we in the West would equate with spring and then fire would be early summer. Earth is that late summer, getting ready for the fall. Um, and then metal is autumn and water is winter. So it's five cycles rather than four. And I do find that when I tune into the actual cycle that I'm in, the practices will shift. Wow. So right now I'm noticing I'm doing a lot of intuitive eating. Um, and that makes sense because, you know, there's a drastic change in temperature between the hot, hot season into these cooler days, shorter days, wetter days already here where I am on the West Coast. So that's one of it. Another one is, it may not sound very spiritual, but it's actually just going to bed earlier. <laughs> it's, it makes profound effect on me. And then the, the third one that I feel that is present with me every season, but the type of plant specifically that I'm working with will shift mm. is working with tea. I'm an avid tea drinker, tea enthusiast. And when I speak of tea, I'm speaking of Camellia sinensis, the actual tea bush that does grow in my ancestral land, so to speak, of Taiwan and China. It's almost like the plant is welcoming me into the season. It's a great way to look forward to a season um, and to stay anchored in the body. 
I love it. Oh, it's so beautiful, so intentional. And I and I do want to down the line, I would love to chat more with you just about your relationship and the incorporation of plants into not only just your personal practice, it sounds like, but into the work that into what you've created in the world. I'm really curious about that. But that just sounds so beautiful and intentional. And I love the movement with the different seasons and this kind of earth metal. It makes so much sense. And I also find myself gravitating or wanting to gravitate towards going to bed earlier. It doesn't always happen, but, but, you know, I, I try. <laughs> same, <laughs> but, same. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's the intention, right? <laughs> That's right. If yeah. I have the intention, what if I'm in bed at an early time, I don't actually go to sleep, you know, then, but I'm there <laughs> actually just to branch off of that. I'm curious about, I don't actually personally know a lot about this. So I would love to hear more about this in terms of the ritual of tea ceremony. And is that kind of what what you consider yourself to be doing when you're working with the tea in that way? Also such a great question. So tea ceremony, there's many different traditions, many yes. different philosophies and schools of thought and practices. A lot of it is based on the region or the actual dialect mm -hmm. that one speaks. And there's hundreds of dialects in the Han Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something that I definitely, and I'm aware of growing up and the kind of home that I grew up in, but the way I actually work with tea is much more simplified, much more pared down. Mm -hmm. I essentially sit with tea. I'll just start off the day and, and just receive whatever message she may have for me. If I happen to have questions, I will also share them with her. And so it's really a very personal encounter being with a being essentially it's less about the ritual of the ceremony and there's nothing like I, I love the ceremonies they're beautiful and there's a lot of a, a lot of the steps symbolize certain things but for me I really like to work with energies directly without a whole set of customs necessarily that may be laid on top. I just like to kind of go for it. It's much more immediate and it works for me. Some people need the ceremony to slow them down because that's part of the, the, the function of the ceremony is that you wind up actually entering into a really beautiful meditative practice where the motions wind up slowing you down. I don't find that I need that so much. I just go straight there with wow. her. Wow. You let the plant, your relationship with the plant and the tea is your ceremony. It's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely a, a person. Wow. Yeah. And I heard you talk about that on another podcast I was listening to you on just around how your your belief, which I just think is so amazing. And, and I, I do really resonate with it around, you know, there, there's energy in, in everything and anything. And that even goes beyond just, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I do notice that that people and, and, and the world is sort of coming more online to this now, like people are, you know, singing songs to their houseplants to in order to, you know, make them happy. And I really think that that is like becoming a bit more mainstream. I just love your perspective on how I think you said that everything is animate. That was the belief that, you know, whether that's a plant, an object, a tea leaf, you know, whatever it is. Can you talk just a little bit on that just around the animation and the energy and everything that is? Yeah. Animism is to me, it's all about 
decentralizing the human as the one that actually knows things. All these stories, I mean, you, you see it everywhere. You see it in, in science. You see it in a lot of institutionalized faiths where, of course, I'm saying just many of them, not all of them where the focal point is that we as humans are the center of existence. Let's just keep in mind, even within evolution, like we, we were the last to make it here, you know, plants and animals and rocks and wind and, and water, like these have been here far before we have. Mm -hmm. So to say that we are central to existence is incredibly arrogant to me. And it's also exploitive when you think of it from that perspective, because then you start making assumptions and that everything here is for us. Right. And that's why I, I believe a lot of humans have been able to justify exploitation, exploitation of resources, exploitation of other humans, exploitation of, you know, just name it. So the return to the animistic way for me, return to the shamanic way for me is a way to shift perspective, to realize that it's not all about us, to realize that these, you know, life forms, even if we don't even necessarily deem them as being alive, like let's say rocks being alive. I mean, we know that trees are alive. We know that animals are alive, but even then we tend to sort of think that animals, because they can move and are quote unquote, closer to humans right. um, in terms of behavior, that they must be more important than plants. Or to say that because plants are closer to animals than they are to water, then they're, I guess, plants then therefore, in that sort of hypothesis must be more important than water. So this is when, to me, when we don't have that animistic perspective and realize that everything is actually incredibly important and valuable, and necessary for another thing to also exist and to also thrive. It helps you to see that that hierarchy, which I tend to like to equate it to either a ladder shape or a pyramid shape, that really animism is circular. It's like nothing is more important than the other. Everything is dependent on the other, which means everything becomes totally important and necessary and sacred. It's like you can't really expect a wheel to, you know, move if like one of the spokes are missing. And animism's about understanding all the spokes are incredibly vital. Wow, I'm speechless. That was such an incredible explanation. How fascinating. This is so, and you just, you synthesize that so incredibly. So thank you. And something I just want to add to that. And, and, and you're actually, my wheels are really turning in my mind right now because- <laughs> I love that pun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because how I- find that I move through the world. And I've never really thought intellectually about this too much, actually, just until just now is that, you know, I really have always seen from that perspective around exactly like you said, nothing is more important than the other, whether that's in whatever kind of context we're using that. And for me, I've always been like, I was the kid who, you know, if I accidentally stepped on an ant, I would cry for two hours because mm -hmm. I was like, who am I to have just misstepped and take that ant's chance at life away? And even still, as I move through the world, like I was walking through my backyard this morning and being really careful, barefoot, being really careful not to step on the anthills because that's a kingdom. Like they mm -hmm. work so hard to bring all of those, you know, little granules of sand together to create an anthill. And who am I to be able to be ignorantly, just sort of flippantly walking through my backyard and, and sort of trod on their kingdom, you know? So that's really the way that I think and that I've always thought, and this is just me, but, you know, when I see someone being like killing 
a spider rather than take just taking the spider outside. I'm like, outside, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, no, you know, and I'm not a fan of spiders really either, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't still give them the chance to, you know, it's like, oh, you got stuck in here. No problem. I'll help you out, you know? So, but I can see how that literally boomerangs out into, into everything. And we really are so ignorant as a human species, just, you know, in terms of how we think we're the most important. So that was such a fantastic explanation. And I really think that so much intention behind that. So that, that was amazing. Thank you. Just going to interrupt this amazing episode with my guest Mimi Young to tell you about a couple events that I have coming up in the next month or so. It has been a season of hosting and creating lots of new events and offerings for all of you after some time and space away over the summer. So I'm excited to be back doing group events and all that kind of good stuff. So I have two events to tell you about. The first one, which I have already mentioned, on the podcast here is my next Spirit Baby event, Super Conscious Conception, my one and only signature Spirit Baby healing event that is coming up this week on Thursday, October 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I am so excited about this event. As I've talked about before, I've already done a Spirit Baby event, my first one in June of 2021, and it was such a massive hit. It was so healing for everybody who was there. And what was so beautiful is that there were so many different people from all across the board, people who were pregnant, people who were struggling to get pregnant, people who were not looking to get pregnant for another five years, but wanted to start creating that connection with their spirit babies now. So I really encourage you, if you are interested in my work around spirit babies, if you are waiting for a one-on-one reading and you haven't been able to have one yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend grabbing a ticket for this event. The link is in the show notes. I also have a a highlight on my Instagram page under the the highlight tag SB event, Spirit Baby event, where you can read about some really beautiful testimonials from previous participants. As well, if you came to the first Spirit Baby event in June and you're wondering if you can come to another one, absolutely. I really kind of encode and what the message I got from my guides was that I was going to be encoding each different Spirit Baby event with a different frequency based on what the group needed and based on what kind of was present and pertinent at the current timeline in this current place and space and time. So that event is coming up Thursday, October 28th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. The link is in the show notes. I am about 60% sold with tickets and I usually sell quite a bunch kind of on the week of, the day before, and the day of. So I recommend getting your ticket as quickly as you can. And I hope to see you there. It'll be a beautiful evening of channeled messages, spirit baby healing, womb healing frequency, connection with other people, women, and families who are also interested in the concept and the topic of Spirit Babies. So I hope to see you there. The second event that I have coming up is on Saturday, November 20th, 2021 at 6 p.m. Eastern. And this is another celestial energy healing event with my greatest friend and one of the great loves of my life, Ariel, the Cosmic Channel, as you might know her. We are doing another energy healing event. These We did our first event together over the summer at the end of July. We had a beautiful evening over the full moon. This time we will have a beautiful evening just after the full moon and just after the lunar partial lunar eclipse on November 20th. Actually, sorry, I think the 
eclipse is on the 19th. But anyway, it's a potent, powerful astrological power day, and it's a beautiful chance and a beautiful time to really upgrade your operating system, clean your energy bodies, open up your heart, open up your mind to the new energies and frequencies that are coming in through this kind of astrological power day. So link is also in the show notes for this event, Saturday, November 20th, 6 p.m. Eastern, and tickets for this event are also filling up fast. So I also recommend, even though this event is just under a month away, I recommend getting your ticket as soon as possible. And we hope to see you there. The coolest thing that I find after doing these group energy healing events is that people will have kind of amazing things either happen to them the day of or the day after, whether that's they were waiting to hear if they were going to get a job interview, or I had somebody the day after a group healing event who had been looking for their cat. Their cat was missing for like a month. And the day after the group healing event, the cat came home, right? So there's all kinds of beautiful little things that can happen after you let this frequency into your life. And I highly recommend it because when Ariel and I work with this high dimensional 9D healing frequency, I mean, magic happens. So I recommend getting your ticket for this event as well. The link is in the show notes. And with that being said, I will let you get back to this amazing episode with my guest, Mimi Young. So I'm actually going to kind of backtrack a little bit because I want to just hear a little bit about, you know, what I call your origin story or how you came to be doing the beautiful work in the world that you're doing today, how you found your way to it and how you discovered your unique sort of way of creating your work and relating to your work. And I know that it's sometimes hard to put together in a package, but however you feel most inspired to kind of describe or explain your, your origin story to to who you are today and the work that you're doing in the world today? It's mm, a big question. And it does relate to animism. Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my earliest memories included me hearing plants and communicating with plants. Um, and by early memories, probably three or four years old, I grew up in a Buddhist home. My dad is technically atheist, but he is culturally Buddhist. And my mom, culturally Buddhist, but also practicing Buddhist at the time. And so in many ways, there was a lot of these customs that I had shared, right? The custom of tea, the custom of the seasons, eating seasonally, all that was sort of built into my home life. You know, we had, rather than having like a medicine cabinet of Western medicines, we had a pantry of different Chinese herbs and Chinese adaptogens. So that, that was always sort of part of our life. It didn't feel different because that was like my normal. When I was in middle school, my mother converted to evangelical Christianity. And that's when a lot of the perspectives changed. Because Buddhism, even though it, it's and there's different branches, but it's much closer to the animistic way of life than let's say mainstream evangelical church that provided a huge change that was the first time i heard that you know god created the world for humans when i heard her going to church and coming home and sharing these things with us like that was the first time i was exposed to that idea that like the trees are for for my consumption or you know the the whatever the land the the, the stuff here on earth it's for my consumption and that at the time, it was like a really radically different idea to me. So I would say that, you know, even just linking to what we had talked about just previous before I continue, I wouldn't say it's that humans are 
responsible for exploitation. I mean, we are, but it's the mindset, it's a perspective because animism, I would like, for instance, the indigenous, they practice animism and they are not responsible for any type of exploitation or colonialistic acts that have impacted the world, the way we understand the world today. So it's not that humans are responsible for harm, not all humans. It is the perspective of capitalism. Um, yeah. It's the perspective that humans are on the top of this apex, so to speak, um, you know, this pyramid and that everything is designed to serve the human. It's that mindset that is responsible for the various problems that, that we are aware of today. Um, Now, let's link this back to my story. So my mother, as I assume many parents have profound influence in the home and on their children. So it wound up like her presence and her changing her life. Like, I mean, I remember one day she was, she like just threw away the altar. Like she literally just took the objects off the altar, which traditionally were really sacred to her. And she just chucked them into the trash like that. It was done. Like, and it was just, once again, another one of those shocking moments. And she said, no, this is bad. This is of the devil. Another first time I didn't know what the devil was prior. Um, So that affected me because it, basically indicated that being in relationship with the world through that animistic lens, being able to tap into, you know, other beings and hearing them, being able to smell things psychically, all that wound up being forced underground in me. And I was navigating a whole bunch of stuff from being, you know, an immigrant daughter, being of Han Chinese Taiwanese descent in you know, back in the 80s and 90s, like it definitely was not as diverse here where I am. So it was me really just wanting to fit in socially. And then me also wanting to win the approval of my mom, right? Like at home. So there was a lot of things that had to go into hiding for preservation, for for feeling safe, all those sorts of things. And so, but that's part of my story. And and I, I think it's an important one to really identify because I think there's a lot of us where we weren't necessarily wanting to hide the witch within us, but we did. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of it doesn't make sense at the time because we were young and we, we maybe just lacked the capacity to see things really clearly or lacked our ability to trust our voice. At least that was my my case. So there was all of that in it. And it wasn't until in my 20s where it came back in, in my like in the, towards my late 20s where it really came back much more profoundly where I was experiencing psychic sense or the, another way of calling it is clarification, you know, understanding, finally beginning to sort of because I was experiencing it enough where I wound up seeing parallels and patterns where I could be like, oh, this smells means this. Like it may, means, you know, if I'm talking to someone and I smell something, I know possibly what they're thinking about because that smell that comes through is a message. It, it's either something to warn me about something or something to sort of say, look a little further or be a bit more present or ask more questions. Or it could be like, no, this is safe. Like this, this is totally cool. You can trust. There's those things or it'd be like, I'd just be doing something by myself at home and then I'll get a scent and be like, yeah, I, I need a call. So, and so just check in on them and see if they're okay. So all those things start coming back. And part of it was because I was so dissatisfied with my life and I'd follow the rules. And I realized that the rules weren't 
like all the rewards that those rules promise, like if you follow the rules, then, you know, you'll have like such a happy life, such a fulfilling life. Like, you, know, you check off those boxes that, you know, you, you right. And such I, a rip off, right? It was, I was so ripped off. Like, yeah. and it was, it was really that it was like waking up and being like, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm so scared. Not because of the unknown, but because I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that scares me because it looks boring and I feel trapped. And I am so, like you said, I feel so ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my story. And I wound up really descending into the underworld of spirits, quite literally, you know, I, like I had to confront my demons. I had to befriend the devil, so to speak. And even when I was on my extended bed rest for five and a half months, when I was pregnant with my second child, and that was when I was tapped in by accident. But later on, I realized it really wasn't an accident at all. But like I wound up spirit traveling to one of the spirit worlds and I met spirits and they were speaking to me and said some very, very undeniable information and so undeniable that I knew that there was no way that I, my imagination would have made that stuff up because it was some of the stuff was about me and some stuff was about the people close to my life. And it was just like, it had, you know, the, this very brief encounter with them wound up taking years to unpack in terms of meaning because it was that punchy, but yeah. So that's essentially yeah. kind of the, the story. Anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop that's good. That. Oh my gosh, Mimi, there's so much I want to talk about from that. So I don't even know where to start there. Actually, I do know where I want to start because I'm I'm really curious actually to chat with you. I, I do want to chat with you about spirit traveling and just your experience of that. I'm always just curious other people's, you know, who work in sort of a similar or parallel way of their experiences. And so I would love to hear about that. But I'm I'm really curious to chat with you about the clear olfactants actually and how would you say, Mimi, that that's sort of your primary psychic sense that you relate to and works with you and through you most often? Yes. In the sense that when the messages are coming to me, yeah, because I'm also equally comfortable, of course, journeying to those, those spirit realms, yeah. but it, it, it requires me leaving here. Right. So when I get those psychic smells or the, the clarofactin experiences, those messages are coming from those places here. Well, I have one last question just about your, mm-hmm. your work in, in the spirit traveling, like, and talking with people's spirit allies. Can you tell me a little bit about, and maybe just give some specific or non-specific examples of like what might kind of come up or come through in a session when you're working with the spirit traveling and with people's spirit allies? So I would say that the most common questions that I receive from folks would be, what is my life path or what is my career path? And, you know, what do I need to do to X, Y, Z, like sort of to fulfill that or whatever. Um, That's a really common one. I oftentimes get questions around relocation. Like, should I relocate? Would this be good for my career? Would this be good for my happiness? Blah, blah, blah. And if so, where? And oftentimes the spirits will be really specific. They'll be like, head in this direction. And this is kind of, you know, this is what it's going to feel like. And this is what it's going to look like. Um, And yeah, so I'll get a lot of questions like that. Sometimes I'll get questions around healing like a wound, like, okay, like maybe a mother wound or some other type of deep wound. And that may involve perhaps um, soul retrieval from childhood back into the person, or 
if it's more of a karmic than a person's life or previous lives and do soul retrievals from those lives. Because a lot of times the wounding, these big catastrophic woundings that we get are some unresolved stuff that has happened in the past and it continues to be compounded with each life. Yeah, so what does it look like? I'll typically travel to that space and I'll, I'll let the spirits sort of call me there and I'll meet with them. Oftentimes I'll say, okay, well, these were their avatars and I'll name the animals and they'll be like, how is that possible? I already have that, that animal tattoo on my back. Or like, like they'll, they'll just say things. They're like, I've always had a connection with this type of animal and now I know why. Um, yeah. And I've had going into specifics, like I've had um, clients that would ask questions and I would go and explore. I mean, I can't be too specific, but I'm just saying that like, here's just a few of these examples where they think the route to the resolution is through that. And then during the journey, the actual spirits will say something else. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be very direct and they're, they're kind and compassionate, but also firm. They're, you know, they're, they're not there to entertain. They're not, they're there to give us real answers. Yeah. So, and real direction. And yeah, it is astounding what the spirits say. And I think what's different between my work, let's say, compared to a psychic medium is I can't really take credit for the messages that come to me when I spirit travel because all I am, mm. I'm just a messenger. Yeah. I go there, they share things with me. I actually have no idea about the actual client's life. Like I can't see into their lives. I'm not an astrologer, so I don't ask birthdays and I can't chart things out. This is probably what's going to happen. I have no idea. I don't have that context. I just, and I just deliver the messages and that's really all I can say that I actually do, but I can't, I can't fortune tell, so to speak. Everything that the spirits tell me, I, of course, will deliver the messages. You know, Mimi, I, I really like what you said just around being the messenger. And, and I think that that is at the core and the nucleus also of what I do. I think that that's really all I consider myself, you know, to to be. It's just like, I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. I just get the interpretation and I just give it to you. Like, here it is, you know. And so I, I think that that really allows for the, the most kind of groundedness in the process and the humility and the just just, you know, I'm just, I'm just an honesty, right? And yeah. honesty, exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm not really doing anything special here. I've just, you know, I'm just interpreting and then just communicating, hopefully organizing the words or, you know, saying or verbatim, just saying the words exactly how they're given to me, you know? So I really love that, how you said that. And I think that I really relate to that as well. And yeah, thank you for sharing those examples. And I know a lot of the listeners will, will, will hear that and, and feel connected to that and those questions. And, you know, I think we've all had different sorts of questions like that at some point. So that's fantastic. Last but not least, Mimi, for everyone who is listening to this conversation right now going, I want to spirit travel with Mimi uh, and my spirit allies, or I want to get my hands on some of these beautiful made to order in ritual products. How can everyone connect with you and find you? My website is shopceremony.com. Ceremony is spelt with an I-E at the end instead of a Y. And my IG handle is the same thing. It's at shopceremony, also with an I-E at the end. And yes, once you head on to my website, you'll see there's multiple different areas. You know, you can explore the product area, you can explore the various education area, um, and you can also book readings as well. I have a pretty extensive, I should probably mention one more thing. I have a pretty extensive 
blog and online magazine where they can also just navigate and enjoy online. That is incredible. Mimi, this was such a, a treasure and, and a joy and a bright spot in my day, getting the chance to chat with you and, and really learn from you. I, I truly am walking away from this learnt and continuing to learn uh, so much with you and from you. So thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart for being here with me and sharing your depth of expertise, wisdom, and perspective. It was so valuable for me and I know it will be so valuable for everyone who's listening. Yes, thank you. You too. Have a beautiful weekend. Bye-bye.